Hey, everybody, it's Mitch Newman. I want to welcome each and every one of you to my podcast, Magical Moments with Mitch. Glad you're here. Uh, my intention, as always, is to add a little bit more magic into your already magical lives. And that's something that I am firmly convinced exists inside of all of us, that, that magic. And I think we have a really unique opportunity in this time and space to really tap into that, to really experience that on a whole other level. Um, really excited today. I have on uh, today with me an old friend, and I, I don't mean old as in age, although I guess we are getting a little bit up there. Um, but somebody that I've known for, gosh, he'll probably have to correct me on this. I'm going to say 35, 40 years, somewhere in that arena. Um, his name is Eric Yagerbaum. He lives in, in New York, uh, East Coaster. I'm out here on the left coast, the West Coast. He is a New York Times bestselling author of seven books. He is the chairman of the bi-coastal PR agency, Erco Communications. And I think he's been doing that for 30 plus years. He's a serial entrepreneur. Um, for sure, a fitness and nutrition enthusiast. We can talk a little bit about that as well. And I think probably one of the things that I admire most about him and that he owns proudly is he is a very proud parent of two amazing kids who are now uh, venturing off into adulthood. So that's always an interesting time. So today, I want to talk a little bit. Uh, Eric, are you with me? Uh, yes, I'm with you. I mean, most importantly, I have no more college tuition to pay for. <laughs> there you go. Um, I appreciate you taking the time. Um, was I correct on how long we've known each other? Uh, yeah, it's going on 40 years. So I guess, I, I guess numerically speaking, we are getting a little older. But you know what they say about not just a That's number. It. That's it. And I, I always say, like, you know, we can ask for a recount at any time. It might not work. <laughs> uh, well, that seems du jour That's now. That's right. It's perfect. Um, so today I want to really – I want to kind of dig in a little bit because a lot of my podcast is about – really ultimately about leading at a higher level and a higher level of consciousness, a higher level of awareness. Um, and, you know, one of the things I find so interesting and I've, I've admired about you um, for, for all these years is your ability to um, lead a company without leaving your family behind. Um, I think it's a, it's an interesting dynamic because a lot of times in leadership positions, people will lead at the expense of their family. And you've yes, been able that's right. to, to really become very masterful at the other way. And I'm, and I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about that and then also some of the challenges that maybe you've also had along the way as well. Yeah, you know, it's, um, I, I think I spent decades trying to perfect that. I, I don't think I got out of the gate so perfect. Everybody always talks about that work-life balance. How do you do it? And uh, for me, you know, 40 years into my career, just uh, actually exactly 40 years into my career, I started, you know, doing what I'm doing for a living when I was in college. Uh, what I have found, and I did not know uh, when my career started, is what I do for a living is actually not working for a living. I, I love what I do. And I would strongly encourage anybody who's, whatever your career is, if you love what you do, it's not actually work. Right. And you can integrate it into your personal life seamlessly. So you're not looking for that elusive balance of how do I not lose my personal life while I'm doing my professional life? Because it's too stressful. It, it, it's very elusive. It's very hard to figure out. 
And uh, look, I'm very proud of my kids, as you know. Yeah. Uh, my youngest, who's giant um, in stature <laughs> compared to me, just graduated from college yesterday. Uh, and, you know, they, they are my, the greatest accomplishment of my life. I don't know if that's what you'll read about me in the news, but I, I will say it. Not everybody will quote it. The greatest thing I ever did was have kids. So, you know, I, I, I didn't miss their childhood. I didn't miss uh, their young adult life. And I hope that I don't miss any of it. Anything left? Well, and, and it's interesting because I, I think, I mean, clearly you've been fueled by both, right? The, the desire to lead a company, uh, to leave a mark, to have great impact, but also sharing that responsibility with what it means to, to lead when it comes to having kids. I mean, that's not, in a lot of situations, I'll see people wondering, well, how do I do both? And they think they have to choose. At any point in time, did you think you had to choose? Um, you know, yeah, I struggled with that when I was younger. Uh, you know, parenting is a lot like, you know, running a company, ironically. If I reflect back, and, and my career has been over-documented. I mean, I'm in PR, so that was by design. But when I look back at uh, what, what they said about me in the news 30 years ago, they, they kind of say the same thing that they said now. I'm, I'm almost paternal uh, in my management. I look at everybody who works for me almost like I look at my own kids. That's how I treat them. And, you know, I get back from the people that work for me. Uh, I got their back. They got my back. It's, it's been that way for, I would say, at least, you know, a decade plus now. It took a long time to master it. But just like parenting, you don't tell your kids what to do. They won't listen anyway. Show them. Demonstrate. That is such a better message. Show your kids. My kids have seen a guy who won't, will not stay down. It doesn't matter what happens to me in life. I get back up. Not because I say I do. They watch it. I'm a, I'm a repeat offender at success. Um, and I'm also a repeat offender at, you know, life will kick your ass. Life will bring you to your knees. There's no exception if you let it. That's all of us. Every one of us. Life's hard. It'll bring you down. Don't let it. You don't have to. It's, it, it, it's all about a mindset. And that is the mindset that I have. I mean, you know, they've said, and sorry for the, you know, the long answer, you want to figure out your life, figure out what your worst day was, because your worst day was actually your best day. That's mm. the day that changed yeah. you. And, I, and I, I do believe that. I've had many in my career. I think we all yeah. have. But, you know, uh, this particular one, as we're talking today, it's, it, it's different than all the rest. It, in this one small way, and it's so cliche, and it's such a hashtag, but it's true. We're all actually in this together. If we choose to be sure. now, if you're if if you were to kind of if, if either one of your kids or both of them were here now and we're listening to this, I mean, how do you how do you see and, and obviously you don't you, you don't have a crystal ball. You can only go by what you're witnessing. How do you uh, experience them now as your daughter has been out there um, in the workforce a bit longer and your son now venturing? I know he's got some projects and things that he's passionate about that. That he's been that he's been initiating as well. How do you see um, their roles in leading themselves and ultimately leading others? A direct influence or impact based on um, the way you raise them. Well, you know, I I'd like to think that I had in some influence. I'd like to think that you know I've planted some seeds. Uh, I think they both would say that I have, um, but you know. Life is long. Um, uh, look, I'll, I'll just start with the recognition that, 
you know, the most important things in life aren't things. You know, it, it, it kind of turns out what we thought we might, you know, what might never be gone tomorrow, it, it's already gone in so many ways. And if that wasn't obvious to you before, uh, <laughs> it probably is now. Uh, the people who need help, they look a lot like the people who don't need help. Mm. And, you know, my feeling is, and, you know, I hope my kids see it. I'm, you know, I'm a little guy. I'm five foot seven. Um, when, you know, you're overwhelmed by big emotions, it's the job of a parent. It's the job of a leader to share calm, not chaos. Chaos is so easy to find. Just turn on the news. You'll find it anywhere you want. Yeah. That's not how I've lived my life. And that's, again, not, it's not a statement. It's a demonstration. I wake up in the morning and basically just literally say thank you in my own brain. I can't believe I get another one of these days. And, you know, if you think, you know, uh, it, it seems like we all got dealt some new, you know, surprising cards. And now we have to learn how to play those cards. And I, what I say is play the hell out of them. Well, and it's interesting because what you're when I'm when I'm listening to you talk about that drive that's in you, it, it had to it always has to start somewhere. It has to come from something, whether it was um, what you witnessed as a child and your own parents uh, or what you didn't witness that you said, I'm going to shift that when I get older. Where, where's the drive come from within you to ultimately lead yourself and subsequently be able to lead others at a higher level? Nope. It's, that's a great question. I'm not positive. You know, as a kid, I was an athlete. I was a point guard on the basketball court. And the point guard, you know, is not necessarily the best player on the team, but he's the, he's, he's the floor general. I directed the flow of things. And what I learned as a kid was that great teams always beat great individuals. I mean, if you happen to be a basketball fan, you might know Michael Jordan, who everybody knows, never won an NBA championship until Scottie Pippen. Uh, became his sidekick because you needed more than a person to be the team. Mm. And unfortunately for us, New York Knicks fans, we got to go all the way back to 69 <laughs> or 72 in 72, which is the last time the New York Knicks won the NBA title. They were not, they didn't have any, any Michael Jordans on their team. They had the best team. A team will always perform better as an individual. If people would embrace that philosophy, it works on a basketball court, it works in business, and it'll work in your family. You're, you're a group. You're all together. Everything, cause and effect, what I do impacts other people. Uh, obviously, my own kids matter a lot. We, we've also enjoyed my success as a family. Uh, success cre creates a little bit more, a little bit more certainty. Uh, but you know, look in, today, uh, people, you know, who, who who wouldn't be afraid of what's going on today? Yeah, uh, everybody yeah, wants sure. to know about tomorrow. And yeah. right now, we got fear, you know, of the unknown in everybody's mind. We're suddenly in there. We got no idea. Everything's different. And you know, that difference is starting to set in right about now. And really, what it all boils down to is the illusion of control. <laughs> It finally, it's clear. That's what it is. It's an illusion. There's no such thing as control. Live your day. Live the best day you can from the second you wake up and be grateful for whatever you got. Yeah, no, it's it's it, it's powerful. And sometimes, yeah, we, you know, sometimes people want to try and figure out where the drive comes from. They want to figure out where the blocks come from. And and what I found in 20 years of working with people is that is that sometimes we don't recall an incident. We don't recall an experience that suddenly we made a determination of the way our lives were going to look. Um, 
And sometimes that, you know, we do remember at some point, sometimes we never remember. That doesn't mean our life has to suck. But it sounds like wherever that drive comes from, that commitment to, and I always say you can't inspire leadership in other people if you're doing all the leading. I think that I want to segue into your company. Um, one of the things that I've witnessed in listening to a lot of the, the interviews that you've done over the years and the way and, and the way our conversations have always gone over the years is that you tend to like find the best people and really inspire them to go ahead and lead rather than you controlling all of it. Well, look, I, I, I've always said, and people keep sending me quotes from magazines where other people are saying it now. I'm, I'm sure I wasn't the first one to say it, but if I'm not the dumbest one in the room, I'm in the wrong room. Uh, I have really smart people working for me. They're empowered to make decisions when I'm not available because I'm not right now. If somebody needs to make a decision, they get to. I won't second guess their decision. I'll just back them up. Mm. One of the things that I have is experience. You know, I've been around for a while, more experience than anybody that works for me. And if I'm available and they can get my opinion, they definitely seek it out. There's some mutual respect there. I also have this reverence for youth. I mean, the, the 20 you know, plus somethings in my office, which is a disproportionate amount of my staff, they're so much more valuable um, in, in, in a world filled with technology than I am. I, have, I rely on them. If I didn't have them, I, I am definitely not everything that you've read about in the papers you know, for decades. I am a result of them. Mm. I'm just the one who gets the credit. They do the hard work. Yeah, that's... that's... But that's but I think that's important because you're you're recognizing that that leadership may have started with you, but in order for it to continue, it must include other people. And it's well, it must. Yeah, yeah it must. I mean, I, you know, when I was in uh, I was a longtime member of the Young Presidents Organization, YPO, it's global. Um, I chaired the uh, Gotham chapter, which I was very proud of. And when I started, when they first invited me into YPO, I sat in boardrooms and I said, what, what am I doing in here? Mm. Like, I, you got, you know, the, the last names in the room and the tables that I was sitting at, you know, you got their soap in your shower, you know, their last names because you use their brands. Yet I'm in that room. One of the things that I found in that room was, uh, besides the fact that I was definitely the dumbest one in the room, uh, in business, in life, I have, I figured out one thing. Mm. That most people never, most people never have. This is what I got that most people don't. I have enough. I've always felt that way. I got enough. It has nothing to do with stuff. I have enough. If you can say that about your life, you're in good shape. Everything else will fall in line. Well, it's I have enough. It's, it, it's, it's really, I kind of put, pair it back even further. It's I am enough. And I think that's where... Um, young leaders have to get to kind of a place where they they're able to identify that they are enough to be able to lead from that place and inspire that leadership in other people. But uh, let me tell you, it's uh, absolutely and it's very contagious. All of these questions are questions that I literally spent my career on. I mean, mm. I was fascinated in YPO uh, when I was chair. We had a meeting uh, at Dick Ross. Dick Rosso used to be the chairman of the uh, New York Stock Exchange. We had a meeting in a very royal conference room with a lot of, you know, big shot CEOs uh, from my chapter. And we went around the room and we each, uh, Dick Rosso told us what he did on September 11th, which was a fascinating, incredible story because the world financial markets were literally resting on his shoulders. 
And in the basement of the New York Stock Exchange, it was flooded. All the uh, yeah, dangling waters uh, uh, hitting the water. So you weren't touching that water. You got electricity coming right off the water. And that was the infrastructure that ran the New York Stock Exchange. Meanwhile, you don't get that thing back up and running. The whole world's in trouble. So he told us the story of what he did. It was fascinating. Uh, and we went around the room and everybody said, what did we do? We were in New York City that day. Uh, most of us watched, not on television, with our own eyes. I mean, from you know, my perspective, my view out my window, which I paid extra for that view that day, I, I watched the second plane go into the building. I could see the jumpers from where I was. I will never, ever forget that. The pictures, they won't even print in the newspaper. What did we do? There was no playbook, no rules. Here's what you do when you know, terrorists attack your city right down the block. We all acted on instinct. And when we went around the room, everybody said something very, very different. And it was the first time it dawned on me that there wasn't one way to lead. There was many ways to lead. Right. And what I found was a common denominator was inspiring. It wasn't the way I would do it, but I was very inspired by hearing the way they would do it. So, you know, my entire career, uh, I, I sought the formula. You know, I wrote two books uh, on the topic, Leadership Secrets of the World's Most Successful CEOs, was literally my own personal attempt to interview the most successful people on the planet and find out what the formula was. And there wasn't one. They were all mm -hmm. different. I love it. Yeah, I mean, I think we, it's so interesting. You know, we talk about this a lot when if you would ask 10 people, you know, what are the what are the top qualities of leadership? You'll get a lot of different answers, right? Oh, yeah, you'll get. a. I mean, one of the things that I do find interesting uh, that I don't think people can fake you know, they say, are you born that way? Did you learn it? Is it can you develop it over time? I mean, I'll start by saying that uh, I believe human nature is very similar to the sandbox as a child. I think if you look at kids in the sandbox, you got the kid with all the toys who's selfish. You got the bully. You got the gregarious you know, kid who wants to be friends with everybody. You got the shy kid who's sitting in the corner. You can look at uh, organizations and see similar behavior, and you could literally take all of those adults back to a sandbox, and it would probably mimic their adult behavior. Uh, but you know, I also believe that in extraordinary times, and we're, we we're in them now. I don't know how long they're going to last, but probably the rest of our lives. We're in an extraordinary time. You will see people for who they are. Uh, it, it's very hard to fake. Uh, when you're in the middle of a fire and we're in the middle of a fire. And I'll tell you what people who know me professionally know about the fire that we're standing in the middle of. I'm walking out of it with absolutely anybody who wants to walk out of it with me intact. Cause that's what I do. Uh, mm. It's hard to fake that. And you will see people, they react very differently to what's going on right now. Um, I, I say throw hope into the equation and all bets are off and I'm a hopeful guy. Yeah. Well, and, you know, it's interesting. You're describing the different people and different leadership styles. Um, how would you describe yours? Um, I would say empathetic. I mean, mm -hmm. uh, I, I used to say, you know, check your personal issues at the door. I mean, I, I've, I, I've had my own my whole life. I've had uh, some extraordinarily difficult circumstances throughout my adult life. And meanwhile, I go into the office and I teach everybody every day. And I used to say when I was younger, in my own head, I mean, I, I, I wasn't so callous to say this to somebody who just 
it was in the middle of a divorce or was breaking up with their boyfriend, lost yeah. a parent. I wasn't so callous to say, hey, check it at the door. Nobody checks it at the door. We're all, you know, we're all 100% round circles of people. We all have personal and professional lives, and we're always trying to figure out how to integrate them. And the thing is, is that they go together. So if I can be hopeful at work, it fits like a puzzle perfectly. So, yeah. you know, I look at pe everyone's different. I mean, I got people that are stuck at home now by themselves. How, what's that like? It's different than me. Uh, I'm not stuck at home by myself. I got people right. who, you know, have lost very close, you know, uh, uh, parents now to this virus. What's it like to work the next week? Must be awful. I'm not, uh, I try to put, look at life through the lens of the person that I'm talking to and everybody's lens is different. And, you know, I, I'm far from perfect at figuring that out, but I definitely care. I want to understand other people's pain so I can figure out how to make, you know, enrich their lives the best I possibly can. If I can do that, you know, they're better at work. Well, and, and let's, let's, let's segue into this. Let's talk about this because um, you spent a career in, and, and correct me if this is an accurate description, crisis communications. Yes. Would, would that be? Okay. Um, and we are in the midst of a pandemic and in the midst of a crisis. And at the same time, um, it has personally and professionally hit you as well. You uh, were diagnosed. You're, you can give me the date. I don't know. But I know that you've been up and down and sideways with it. But you also um, not only had a, a series of people in your office uh, become infected with the virus, you also have been dealing with that as well. Yeah, I got hit hard. Um, and, you know, uh, unfortunately early or, or, or maybe not, I'm not sure. But, you know, uh, and, and my story has been overly told all over the world because I was very transparent about it um, and proactively so. How do I, you make the best use of 29 days in bed, which is how many days I was in bed? I wanted people to know, one, Here's what it feels like. I'm a, I'm a health nut. I work out every day, as you know. Uh, I've, uh, you, you couldn't, I couldn't have walked into this healthier, thankfully. At least that's what I think. Um, I'm 59 right. years old. Also, uh, if I'm your average 59-year-old, I might have had more problems. I wanted people to know it's bad. You do not want this. Here's how it feels. Uh, I also wanted to know people to know uh, this is from day one i mean i wrote a piece i think the day after i tested positive i was in the emergency room it was surreal it was bizarre i wrote about details about it and i couldn't get out of bed walking to the bathroom was a big deal for me that was a trip and you know out of breath that was that, that's all i did for 29 days i walked from my bed to the bathroom and that's all it, I felt like it was very important that people know, one, how serious it was, because I don't, I don't know the answer. I don't, obviously, nobody knows the cure. Nobody, there's no vaccine out there right now. We're all uncertain about tomorrow. And that's okay, um, because it, it, if we'll join in this together, we will all be okay. And I don't mean just, you know, our close you know, circle of friends or my company or this country. I mean the whole damn world. Um, but I felt like it was incumbent on me to, one, uh, describe it as articulately as I could, because, you know, I write for a living. Um, and two, let people give people hope, let people know that, you know, 
we, we can be better as a result of it. And, you, you know, you, 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 led, you started this off by talking about, you know, how things have changed, including this. People will listen to this podcast and maybe they'll feel a little better as a result of it. People who would never have listened to this before are now listening. People who never read books before are now reading. Uh, you know, I, clearly social media has a whole new uh, uh, role in our lives. Uh, while I've always been engaged and active with social media, I also said, hey, you know, I got my real life. Everybody looks great on Facebook. I don't look so great on Facebook anymore. I look like a sick guy for 29 days. Uh, but now the way that uh, social media is integrated with our professional lives and everything that technology has to offer, we have to figure out, 59-year-old, how do I do a podcast? Because I want people to listen to this and I want people to feel great about life and possibility because it's all, it, it's all out mm. there. Well, and, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here and, and listening to you talk and I'm, it's all with a mind in, in – towards leadership in my head. Like I really want people to understand um, like the, the subtext of what you're talking about. There's the text, which is what you're actually saying and the subtext, which is the deeper meaning behind it. So I'm writing down qualities of leadership that you're expressing through your actions and your behaviors. I'm hearing truthfulness, which is, you know, honesty with self and with others, empathy, which is what you described as a leader, empathetic, um, hope inspiring and instilling in people like you want people to um, to come through this, move through this with with hope now, not after the fact, but right now um, and and do it in a, in a really transparent, authentic way, because at your heart, you're you're I, what I hear is I'm a guy who has spent an entire career creating a deeper level of contribution, whether that's my family my kids, my, the people that work for me, my clients, and, and really not wanting to be the guy in the front of the room who's controlling everything, but the guy in the front of the room who wants to teach everybody through, through modeling what it means to step up and lead. Well, you know, uh, yes, I, I, I think it's a contagious, you know, look, the, the virus is contagious, so is optimism. And, you know, if, if never before, because some of the things that have been written about me, some of the quotes, uh, some of the stories, they are things I've been saying all my life. Uh, you know, if you're feeling like there's no way, this would be a really good time to make a way. I mean, to me, what it all boils down to is how do you enjoy the space between where we are and wherever it is we might be going? Uh, because if you don't say that with a question mark, you're just being misleading because nobody knows. That's the... Yeah. That's where the whole game's at. In this particular minute uh, of this particular day, lucky me, I get to talk to you, and maybe both of us can influence a few people to have a better day. How great is that? It, look, it's, it's, it's a powerful, um, not only powerful awareness, but, but uh, a powerful sense of responsibility to want to at least offer that up to people, to put people in a position to be able to receive it if they're ready to receive it. And you may have been talking about things for your entire career, but let's let's you know this as well as I do. People don't hear it until they're ready. To well, that's it. right. I mean, un un unfortunately, all of my advice, I feel like, has become hashtags. <laughs> so it doesn't matter what I say now. I feel like 9000 other people have used it as a hashtag on Instagram. But, you know, you got to believe to receive. Um, yeah. If you don't, you won't. And believing is not so hard to do. 
uh, nor is optimism. Well, when I was younger, I, I, I read a book. It was called Learned Optimism. And I, I'm reading the book thinking, you, know, you can't teach this. You got to be yeah. this. It's not be taught, be it. Uh, and what I very, very strongly believe in is uh, how contagious uh, somebody's perspective can be. Is the glass half full or is it half empty? We all look at that same damn glass. How do you look at it? It's very full. It's very half full. It's not half empty. There's plenty left. Yeah, no, it, it, that's super powerful. So I just want to kind of um, wrap it up and I want to kind of put you on the spot here. Um, and, and it's just something that I think, I, I think people will find interesting. I know I'll find interesting. Um, I just want to throw out uh, something to you and, and as quickly as you can respond, <clears throat> the better, because I don't want you to really, I, I just want to. There's a lot of like, pressure, Mitch, a lot of pressure. Right. And there will be a prize afterwards. Uh, <laughs> If you get it right. No, no, no. There's no right or wrong here. It's just, so what would be, what would you say is the, on a personal level, the brightest light in your life? Uh, what I would say the brightest light in my life is 144 on Tuesday today, by far. It's a great minute. Mm, powerful. And professionally, your brightest light to date um, look, professionally, I feel like I've influenced, you know, a generation or two. I, I feel great about that. I, I literally feel exactly the same about the people that work for me as my own kids. And many of the people that work for me, not all, but many will tell you that is how I manage. That is how I inspire. That is how I've led uh, by example. And I profoundly influenced their lives. And boy, is that a great feeling to me to impact other people. It was life wasn't just about me. It never is. It's about how you can impact everybody else positively or negatively. Cause you know, there's plenty of that to go around. Do I get the prize? Uh, well, there's okay. one more. <laughs> and this is the, you know, this is the, the tougher one. So you, you know, right now you're doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> um, moving forward. What is it that, that, that excites you about this unknown and where we may be opportunity heading. i mean th that's what we got right now opportunity all bets are off there's no playbook for this we're gonna make it up now while we go along i'm 59 I, i'd like to live to be 99 that would be really cool i got 40 years ahead of me nobody's ever written about anything like this what will the world be like we get a chance to define it like never before. Game on for me. I'm totally in for that. Eric Gaberbaum, Chairman and CEO, Erico Communications, and a very dear friend. I'm glad you're well and healthy and recovering. And I appreciate you taking the time today, investing in those folks who are listening, because I think it's some super powerful uh, Thank stuff. you so much. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of yours personally and professionally. Keep doing what you do. You inspire a generation yourself. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. Appreciate everybody listening in. Thanks for listening in, and if you'd like to follow me or connect with me, you can do so on Facebook and Instagram at Life's a Mitchism.